the Carolina Outdoors here for you, talking about things in our Carolina Outdoors. Bill Barty on this side of your radio dial, Wes Lawson working hard within the confines of Jesse Brown's Outdoors. We're the local outfitter here in the Charlotte area, taking care of Carolinians uh, north and south side, but also shipping things around the country at jessebrowns.com. We're glad that you're joining in however you may be joining into the Carolina Outdoors. Many of you are waking up early listening to the airwaves of WBT Radio on a Saturday morning as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard. Yes, AM radio is alive and well, as well as 99.3, the FM side. We're also available highlights of the Carolina Outdoors via podcast, so we're glad that those people are joining in and subscribing as we talk about places to go and people that are going on adventures and trips and uh, escapes, if you will. And one of the places that is common was established in 1916. It's called Pisgah National Forest. Now, Pisgah is a biblical word. It means highest point of a mountain or also known as a summit. That is what Pisgah is. And in 1916, the National Forest uh, 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 came about from 87,000 acres uh, that were initially part of the Biltmore Estate. Now, National Forest first evolved in the western part of our country, but in the early part of the 20th century, they came east. Uh, Pisgah is also the home, was the home of the Biltmore Forest School, which became the cradle of forestry which, as many of you know and many others now know, were the roots of American forestry. It's also a wonderful place for people to go hiking, fishing, hunting, and many other things. And with that being said, we're going to kind of delve into a couple of special places for hikers and backpackers by bringing in our old friend Matt Long to the Carolina Outdoors. Matt, I almost introduced you by your 2005 Appalachian Trail name, Pac-Man, but I, I reserved myself just for a moment to stay uh, with proper Matt Long. Welcome to the program. Hey, Bill. Great to talk to you again. Well, listen, you have had a, a great career in the outdoors, starting from a, a young person uh, in scouts and uh, with your family, uh, with, with your parents, that part of your family, and then into scouting. Uh, in 2005, after a college graduation, you took on the thru-hike of the Appalachian Trail, 2,190 miles, give or take, uh, from Georgia to Maine. But on this edition of the Carolina Outdoors, we're not necessarily talking about long hikes. We're talking about uh, a little closer-to-home hikes that could even be a day hike or possibly, if you'd like, to take in your uh, bedding and tent it could be a backpacking trip. What are we going to focus on in Pisgah National Forest today? So today we're going to talk about two little-known uh, access trails to some of the most beautiful areas of Pisgah. Um, these are both uh, destinations that kind of get you into the areas you want to be, either for a nice day hike or for an extended uh, period of time. And that's really the beauty of Pisgah It's that you can go out for a day a few hours from Charlotte or you can spend weeks in this place and not see everything. Well, we may have to get you to, to start on our first foray out onto the trail. And this is a, 
uh, radio theater or podcast theater as we, uh, myself included, and our listeners get to go on a on a hike with you so we can learn the lay of the land, the difficulty, and, and that sort of thing. But before we do that, Pisgah's kind of broken off into two sections. There's there's part of it that's uh, kind of south and west of of Asheville, and then there's the other section. Which section of Pisgah should we delve into first? So when we talk about Pisgah here, we're talking about the area and areas adjacent to Shining Rock Wilderness, uh, Middle Prong Wilderness, and then also uh, the Cradle Forestry area, the Pisgah Ranger Station, and uh, the Highway 276 route that includes the fish hatchery right outside of the town of Pisgah Forest. Perfect. So Asheville-centric, so to speak, that, that portion of it. Um, and that's important to know because if we are going out for a day, day hike, uh, many of us uh, maybe staying in the Asheville area, Pisgah Forest, uh, Biltmore Village, any of that Asheville metro area, if we are in a bed and breakfast or a hotel or maybe a VRBO, uh, and then we delve out for a day hike only to come back to enjoy the uh, the refines of our accommodations. Uh, for backpackers, they know that drill because they're carrying the accommodations on their back. But yeah, take us for a hike, Matt Long. All right. So let's start over on the west side of, uh, of Pisgah and in Shining Rock. This trail is really close to a place many people have, or a trail, this trail is adjacent to a trail that a lot of people have heard about, and that's the Art Loeb Trail. Uh, both uh, this trail, which is uh, Little Leaf Fork, and Art Loeb start at uh, Daniel Boone Boy Scout Camp, uh, so there's excellent parking and there's excellent signage, so it's easy to find. It's extremely safe, uh, and uh, and this gives you um, the Little Leaf Fork Trail, gives you access to Shining Rock Gap and Ivester Gap which are two of the highest points along the ridge that leads to Black Balsam and Tennant Mountain. Now, the reason I like this trail is because it traces the origins of the Pigeon River. Ah. Um, so you can, uh, as you drive in uh, on your access route, you, can act, you, you see the Pigeon River uh, along the drive, and as you narrow to the scout camp, uh, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And when you leave your car, you walk all the way up to where it turns into literally a trickle out of a rock. So the, the headwaters, the spring-fed or loosely stated, um, that's the source. Yep, exactly. And uh, so whereas Art Loeb is a, a longer deeper and more twitchbacky trail, this is a gradual trail that runs along uh, the East Fork of the Pigeon River, and it is beautiful, it's meandering, and in the summertime, it's nice and cool because there's a lot of airflow coming down the canyon, and in the wintertime, it is uh, sheltered from most of the heavy wind uh, that, that impacts the Art Loeb Trail and, and, uh, and the upper parts of Ivester Gap and that ridge. Now, we've talked here on the Carolina Outdoors frequently uh, about the difference between something like a national park and something like a wilderness area and national forest. 
in wilderness areas from all those conversations, we know um, the trails are not necessarily uh, kept up entirely. They can be less marked than a national park. Is that something that we should know, be concerned about? Uh, this trail, some of this trail area that you're speaking of does get hikers in there. So the trail's fairly easy to recognize, but it's not really well marked, is it? So this trail is not blazed, but it is well marked. There is signage mm. at the uh, at the entrance point to the trail, which is within the scout camp. And at the terminus of the trail, there is signage marking uh, the trails that come in, which is the Ivester Gap Trail and the Shining Rock Gap Trail. Um, the signage is clear. It's easy to read. Uh, I recommend when anyone ventures into a wilderness area that they take on the responsibility of having a map and a compass and being prepared for bad weather and, uh, and the expectation that they're going to be in a remote area. But in terms of wilderness uh, areas and trail designations, this one is gentle, uh, easy to follow, and, um, and it is well marked physically. If we did an up and back, we can make it any distance. If we made that a loop, what would that be? So there's a great loop here where you can experience uh, the Art Lobe Trail and, uh, and the Little East Fork of the Pigeon River, and that would be starting from the camp, the campground, gradually heading up uh, the East Fork of the Pigeon River on the Little East Fork Trail, walking into Shining Rock Gap, and then taking a left and heading north down the Shining Rock Ledges and the Narrows uh, all the way up to Cold Mountain, and then descending back down the Art Lobe Trail to the Daniel Boone Scout Camp. Fantastic. And Cold Mountain in December can take on a whole new meaning, but there's some beautiful vistas from on top of that mountain as well. Right. If you're looking for unobstructed views of of Shining Rock in the Pisgah area, this is it. You can look east and you can see John's Rock. You can see Looking Glass on a clear day. Um, You can see all kinds of exposed cliffs. It's very visually appealing. If you're just joining us here on the Carolina Outdoors, the voice you hear over there is Matt Long. His Appalachian Trail name, which is given, is Pac-Man from his 2005 long hike he did on the Appalachian Trail, 2,000-plus miles. He's given us a couple of different trails that we Carolina outdoor lovers can look into if you're out for a winter hike or uh, even later on, you can save these via the podcast, highlights of the Carolina Outdoors, to tune in to take on a day hike or a backpacking trip to these areas. We are in Pisgah National Forest. He just highlighted an area around the Art Lobe Trail, Shining Rock Wilderness. Matt Long, what about the other trail that you have for us today? All right, so this trail is the Coon Creek Trail, and you can access it right outside of the, well, it's a few miles down the road on 276 from the Pisgah Ranger Station, and you can park at the Coon Tree Picnic Area. It's also another area of Pisgah that's in a, that's in a, a well-traveled place. It's relatively safe, and the Coon Tree um, Creek Trail gives you access to Coon Tree Mountain. Uh, it also gives you access to Buckwheat Knob, and there's a similar loop uh, to the one I just described that takes you across Buckwheat Knob and then back down the Avery Creek Trail to connect into uh, a couple of Forest Service roads 
that would allow you to finish the, uh, the to finish in one complete loop without crossing the same trail twice. So now, I'm, I, I may be learning a little something from you. So this is essentially the Coon Tree Loop Trail is what we're talking about. Now you can you can make this a longer hike if you want to, or you can keep it uh, uh, just under the four mile loop trail. I think I'm right. Is that right? That's approximately right. What's great about all of these areas is that there's a litany of different trails. So you have lots of options for hiking. You can do a couple of hours to a half day, to a day, to an extended trip. And there's even shelters in both of these uh, or adjacent to both of these sections that you can utilize on your hike. Now, that is good to know. So it's wintertime, and we do know traffic is down for hikers and for anglers oftentimes, which is makes it great for those of us who want to get out and enjoy nature without having a whole lot of people. Can you give us advice if we're going to take on the Coon Tree area or the Art Lobe, Shining Rock uh, area? It's wintertime. As you prefaced, we need to be prepared. Do you have any bits of advice for us just Let's just start with a day hike. If we're going to go out from Asheville, Brevard area maybe, and take on one of these trails, do you have any bits of advice for us, just uh, secrets of the trade, if you will? Sure. I, I think the, the best advice I could offer anyone is to keep things simple and straightforward. You don't have to think of overnight hiking and day hiking or even hiking for a few hours in terms of three separate things. I think you look at them in terms of your base and, and the fundamental stuff that you need. You need your navigational equipment, so GPS, map, and compass. And you need to have reviewed them before you go out so you have an expectation of what to expect. Um, on top of that, uh, probably the next most important thing is apparel, uh, avoiding cotton clothes, uh, knowing the weather in the area uh, where you're going, and giving yourself a, a, a cushion so if you think it's going to be 50 degrees you should probably pre be prepared for temperatures in the 40s or even temperatures in the 30s uh, understanding that the mountains are unpredictable and that the weather can change rapidly is probably the best preparation for venturing into the woods uh, and then i would say uh water and uh, some just emergency overnight uh, equipment. One thing that I like to do is uh, I always carry a, a lightweight tarp in case uh, it does rain and I do want shelter for lunch or in case I am caught in an emergency situation and I need to be able to get undercover. And that's extremely light, uh, less than a pound. And with some line in a place like Pisgah, you can set up a, a completely weather-worthy and safe structure to, uh, to wait out a storm. Matt, it's funny you say that. Previously here on the Carolina Outdoors, we read out a few questions that we had from listeners. And invariably, whenever questions in the outdoors, especially for people who are new to some of these sports who want to take them on, but they have this bit of, of fear or maybe lack of knowledge, one of the things that always comes up is wildlife. Now, not to put you on the spot too bad any more than I already have, Matt, but I remember your interaction with a mountain lion of course it wasn't in the carolinas it was it was out west but uh, any interaction with wildlife to be expected is it, it bears are kind of in hibernation uh but we do need to be mindful especially backpacking of mice and raccoons 
Tell us about those. Or mountain lions, if you want to, if you want to tell that story. Sure, there's some evidence to suggest that uh, mountain lions are returning to the east. And uh, a place like Pisgah National Forest with isolated wilderness areas and healthy deer populations uh, would be a great spot for, uh, for mountain lions to immigrate into. But I will touch on one thing. Uh, within all the uh, wilderness areas within Pisgah National Forest, bear cans are currently uh, are, are currently required. That signage is posted at all the trailheads, but that's a good thing to be aware of. Now, you don't need a bear can necessarily if you're just passing through a wilderness area, right. but if you're planning to sleep in one, it's a good idea. The last time I was in this part of Shining Rock, uh, I did encounter a large, aggressive black bear. I mean, I think that's been since 2017. Uh, but on my recent excursion out there, uh, I documented right on the trail several large piles of bear poop. So it, it is something to note uh, that it is out there, but there are, uh, uh, you know, precautions that you are able to, whether it be noisemakers, just being aware because most all the bears, for the most part, don't want to have anything to do with humans. That that Western um, uh, mountain lion story, um, Matt, that you had, that was I think on the Continental Divide Trail when you were putting some uh, putting some miles in on that deal, was just you and the mountain lion. But you were able to kind of back away and then um, circle around so that you didn't have any true altercation with that animal. Yeah, and I, and I think it's important to recognize when it when it comes to wildlife that, that part of the attractiveness of wilderness. Or, or part of how people should contextualize bears and mountain lions and moose and other wild animals is that they're part of that environment. And it's, it's part of the reason we venture into these places. It would be less wild without them. Mm-hmm. And for all my time in the backcountry, I have never had an extre- what I would characterize as an extremely dangerous encounter uh, with wildlife, although I've come close. Uh, that mountain lion that I encountered was only interested in me uh, by happenstance. I was on the Bureau of Land Management on, on Bureau of Land Management land. Uh, I was passing through a herd of cattle that were grazing that land, and it was early in June when mountain lions are hungry from the hard winter, and when cattle are starting to uh, drop babies, drop calves. So. That mountain lion was there and was interested in beef. He wasn't interested in people. And um, and after a brief exchange with him, he went on his way and I went on my way. And so it goes. That's part of, as you very well uh, said, the part of being out there in nature. That's one of the reasons that we are out there. And Matt, you've just helped us. Uh, be out there with these two great trails, both of them in Pisgah National Forest. You put a lot of time in in the woods and on the trails, and we always appreciate your time here on the Carolina Outdoors. Well, you're welcome. I love it. Um, I love talking about it, and, and the whole thing sort of feeds my soul. Well, and then from that, it helps uh, encourage other people to take on some of the adventures that you have or, or, or those their own personal adventures, whatever that may be for them. So thank you for that permission and for that information um, for us to be out there as well. Matt Long, also Pac-Man, 2005 long hiker, through hiker on the Appalachian Trail, but spending a lot of time on our Carolina outdoor trails and in the woods. Off he goes, and off I go. But just for a moment, we're going to come back, wrap up this edition of the Carolina Outdoors.